Well, hello everybody out there in comic book land. That's right, I said comic book land this time Ooh. because we are finally going to launch a comic book podcast. Wait a second. Hang on. This isn't a Star Wars podcast? This is not a Star Wars podcast. This is the first non-Star Wars podcast we've done in a while. I'm not sure if I'm ready. Wow. Uh, let's see. When was the last What was the last non-Star Wars podcast? Uh, Doctor Strange. Was it really? That's sad. That is sad. Um, okay, so... There's okay. been a lot of Star Wars content, though. Yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of Star Wars content. Plus, been... you got insane Star Wars fans like us. and uh, Fair. We've got to react against other insane Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we decided... But, like... But Jake, <laughs> instead of doing instead of doing Star Wars for a while, okay. we decided to do stuff less controversial and talk about comic books. Uh, naturally, <laughs> okay. So like you know, just there's no way anyone would ever get angry with us talking about comic books, right? Not at all. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but it's a whole new segment. Uh, we'll talk at the end. We'll talk about what we're going to be looking looking forward to other things. Sure. Um, but Jake, do you want to tell everyone what the name of this segment is? I do. I love this name. This segment is called Brothers with Issues. Right, right. And Josh, what's that tagline? We've got issues, and you'll want them too. Oh my oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Man. Hey, yeah, the, that, the, uh, the, the credit for that goes to uh, to our, our wonderful fan, of course, Alyssa. And Al. Uh, oh, Al? Al came with that too? Uh, Al's Al, typically Al not. did Brothers with Issues, Alyssa came with the tagline. Nice, nice. So it was a beautiful tag team yep. from, our, from, our, uh, from our husband and wife duo there. That, mm-hmm. That's great. Okay, cool. But yeah, uh, that's that's our that's what we're calling ourselves right now. And uh, so we've got lots of stuff coming up. Um, but this week, really last week, um, but you know we're we're kind of coming into it in the middle here. Uh, we're going to try and stay with this every time. One of the issues, one of the main issues of this run of this event comes out, uh, which is Dark Crisis. Mm-hmm. The darkest of all the crises. The darkest of all the crises. So, so real quick, Jake, Crisis, Jake, if you will. You're a crisis expert. Mm, is that what run I mean? Run me through. If people aren't aware, the crisis has a special meaning in DC. Name the crises for me. So, first off, we cannot do this. Okay, we cannot talk about any form of crisis without first off. We wanted to do. I I, I already knew I was going to mention this. Rest in peace to George Perez, right. who passed away just a few weeks ago. Um, George Perez and the um, writer Marv Wolfman were the first people to come up with the concept of what a crisis book was, effectively creating the event comic as as it as it has become. Some people argue that Secret Wars from Marvel happens first. Crisis, they basically happen at the exact same time. It's it's, but. Crisis real, real is the quick, one to, to make a to make a definitive statement for us. Yes, I think we both say crisis is the first real, and the reason I would say that is because crisis has an actual effect on storylines going forward. It does absolutely. It Secret does. Wars really doesn't, except doesn't. for Black costume Spider Man. Spider Man, so and new uh, uh, Jessica Drew as uh, or not Jessica Drew, um, second Spider Woman. Julia Carpenter, right? <clears throat> but but still, even even at that, I mean, like, not that against Julia Carpenter, who was a great Spider Woman, but like, I'm just saying, was she Spider Girl? Spider Woman. She's Spider Woman. Okay. Uh, but anyway, nothing against nothing against that. I'm just saying, like, in comparison to what happens in Earth, Crisis, which is, you know, death of Supergirl, death of Flash, death of Flash, resetting the entire timeline, yep. all that stuff. To me, that's an event comic. Yeah, um, fair. So, but anyway, go on. But yes, so. Marvel and George Perez uh, did Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is basically introduces the idea of a multiverse within um, within the DC universe. Josh is smiling a little bit at yeah. me right now because he knows that what I'm trying to do is effectively um, merge like 40 years of storytelling into into a quick summary. Um, but basically if you if you've been watching you know Multiverse of Madness or Loki or even if you have been I'm going to say it. If you have been watching the CW DC shows over the last few years, um, eventually you have most likely heard of the multiverse and the multiverse theory of where different Earths happen. They Some of them are slightly different. Some of them are really different. Um, within DC, they have so many different ones where there's so many different Superman, so many different Batmans, and so on and so forth. Um, but this was basically DC's way of... How could you have characters such as Batman, who has been around since the 1940s, still be like 
in his mid thirties, basically. Mm-hmm. And how could you have four Robins at this point in time, and so on and so forth? Um, so having a multiverse and having you know, oh, that story took place on a different Earth. There's your there's your editorial genius. Thirty years ago, before they ever thought that any of this was going to be in really the mainstream media as it is now. Um, but so that's the first crisis. That's the first crisis. But the yeah. crisis recently have been more recently have been used for different purposes in my opinion they have so in we're not going to talk about zero hour even though that is technically considered part of the crisis storyline yeah. but zero hour didn't really do as much as everyone thought it was going to do because it was the 90s we were trying weird stuff um no offense to zero hour fans it's a fun story but when you really get right down to it it doesn't have the word crisis in it it doesn't have the word crisis in it exactly when you really get right down to it infinite crisis is yes, Infinite Crisis is the sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths. So you know, so you know that's uh, kind of odd to have those two names obviously so close together. It sounds weird, but you know it's what it is. So Infinite Crisis was a really interesting way to, I guess, simplify in a lot of ways. In some ways. Um, the storylines that have been taking place since the 80s. So, how did you get certain characters to come back, i.e. Red Hood, uh, Jason Todd being one of the primary ones. Um, how, What's going on with the different universes as a whole? What's happening there? Of course, what ends up happening um, is that during Infinite Crisis, you basically have the people who were all trapped together at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths... Um, it's Alexander Luther of Earth Three, um, Superboy Prime, right. and Superman and Lois Lane of Earth Two, if I remember correctly. Something like that. I think it's something, something like that. Superboy Prime and Alexander Luther are the two main yeah. characters. Really. And really, the most important thing that happens there: Superboy Prime punches reality. Super, Superboy Prime punches reality, and that's how you get, like I said, that's how Jason Todd comes back to life. Yeah. Yes, once again, Superboy Prime punches reality. Yeah. Um. So yeah, little little odd, but okay. you know, but and it's then, a good storyline. But of course, that of course sets up a lot of things like Fifty Two. Yep. Um, countdown. Countdown. Uh, of course, the JSA becomes extremely important there. Very when, very important. Uh, you have basically your three main heroes go off for a while. They're one year later. Year. Yeah. So you, that deals with a lot of that stuff there. Then of course you've also I guess we got to talk about identity crisis too. Oh, oh no, do we? Well, I mean, you have to. It's a crisis. <sighs> It sets up a lot of stuff. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't tell me. You did it. You've got to. If I'm going to talk about identity crisis and how bad identity Look, crisis is, you've got to let me listen, know. Listen, this this storyline is basically going to start off with Deathstroke in in a the most OP he's been since identity crisis. So we've got to bring it up. I mean that. Okay, all right. Identity crisis. So the storyline in that one. Is that Ralph Dibney's wife, Sue? Uh, Sue, thank you. Ralph Dibney is the elongated man, not plastic man. I'll let let you settle with that one real quick. Um, his wife is killed um, in a horrific fashion, and from there they have to kind of the main heroes of the DC universe have to figure out why that's happening, what's going on. Um, Deathstroke shows up about halfway through the story and destroys the Justice League. A lot of people love that scene. I don't really like that scene, but that's a whole other thing. Um, the big point of Identity Crisis, the big point of contention, is the fact that apparently there was a point where Dr. Light um, sexually assaulted Sue Dibney. Yeah. Right? And then they had Zatanna mind wipe him mm-hmm. right to basically change every it's been a while since I read this I really don't like the story mind wipe him to change everything about his personality and then also had to mind wipe Batman because, because Batman was against it Batman was against it which let's just because once again that means that Batman is the only one of the, of the primary Justice League which at this point yeah. consists of Jon Stewart right. Clark Kent Diana um, take your pick of characters who should also be against this. Um, it all comes, it all comes to fruition where Gene Loring came out of nowhere, which 
If you don't know who that character is, don't worry. She hasn't been mentioned yeah. since. So, you know. Yeah, th- th- this is our Cerebro cast. Don't worry. It really, it truly doesn't matter. Yeah, at the ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it. Um, shout out to Cerebro cast. We, we, you all need to check that out because yeah. it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so Identity Crisis had to do with all that. Yeah. I, there wasn't really a big change to come out of Identity Crisis because no. literally as it was happening, people were hating it. Yeah, um, so the, we all so, hated it. So unlike with, uh, so Identity Crisis kind of ends the crises, 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 crises for a while until Grant Morrison go, goes on an epic journey to tell the biggest Batman story of all time. Yeah, and it ends with Final Crisis. Yeah. Um. So Final Crisis, get, you know, real real quick. I mean, because like I said, we're, we're trying to keep this low. Dark Seed wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Darkseed wins, uh, but then Batman's like, "I don't think so." Scooter mm-hmm. uh, shoots Darkseed. Uh, it's a huge moment because for some, uh, Batman uses a gun until Zack Snyder decides he should have a gun all the time. Yeah, um, and then uh, that's a huge moment there. But even though he's able to get the shot off because he's Batman, he does get hit with the Omega beams. Um, gets you, you, you want to go back, through all that? Gets sent back <laughs> through time, uh, and then Batman is able to find his way back uh, through time. But that, but what's good sets up another huge uh, tone shift in DC because yeah. post Final Crisis, this is where we get things like Nightwing uh, becoming Batman. Yep. Damian becoming Robin. Yep. Um, I mean, these are some you know some really hardcore heavy times for the uh, Batman series. I mean three. It sounds like a long time, but three years in comic world isn't that long, and three years later is the New 52. Right. I mean, you know, that's... And it's weird because uh, Grant Morrison had really been the kind of the... I promise all this is going somewhere, by the way. Yes. Grant Morrison <laughs> had been the some something of an architect for DC for a while. Mm-hmm. You can kind of tell DC doesn't really know what to do when he leaves, because after that, of course, we get... They... They... they, they sorry, yes. after Grant Morrison, <laughs> after, after they leave... Um, because you can kind of tell it's an issue, because after that is when we get some probably some of the worst Justice League stories ever. Rough, um, rough ones. You get yes. all the stuff of Roy Harper that I know you love man, some Roy Harper. I mean, like you know, like you, but even even if someone doesn't like Roy Harper, what they did that character is just amazing to me. Um, so all that stuff happens um, leads into the New Fifty Two. Do you consider Flashpoint a crisis? I would because from the from the like you said from the identity from the identity of what an event comic does and what it needs to be Flashpoint is absolutely a part of the crisis and part of an, a, a massive event comic that changes everything going forward for the next five years. Right. So I would so, consider it part of it. So what's going to be interesting here, of course, with Flashpoint, of course, is is just it's another reset essentially. Yeah, um, starts everything over. Uh, all the superheroes have basically been superheroes for five years, essentially. Mm. Give or take. Uh, of course, Grant Morrison does his famous, her, their famous acted comic run, mm. uh, Superman in blue jeans. Yeah. Um, but like, so a there great, are great run, by the way. Uh, no, 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 that, that they're fantastic run. Um, so there are some, some, obviously zero years in there, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the What's most that? part, yeah, no, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, for most part, though, five years. Superheroes have been around for five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's basically what the story of New 52 tells. Um, and then all of a sudden, we've, we've been kind of been inundated. DC's been been venting it up. Yeah. You've got Final Crisis. You've got things like... Uh, we've had two we've had two wars with Atlantis we have. Um, since then. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had Rebirth. Uh, we had this thing where Scott okay. Snyder literally reset the entire. I mean, he did. He basically said all the stories are real now. All of them, yeah. All of them, everything. Um, which comes into play in in Death of Justice League. That mm-hmm. that's and so what's interesting is our lead in to Death of Justice League is basically Scott. So what Scott Snyder did because yeah. one of the things that Wonder Woman talks about is when when Wonder Woman went away. If you didn't read uh, Death Metal. Um, or metal. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, basically, uh, the Batman who laughs uh, basically gains, uh, becomes an omnipotent god. Spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Well, uh, I mean, can you spoil that? that? And so then, and then Wonder Woman is like, I don't think so, Scooter. Yeah. And Wonder Woman gets the opportunity to make all the stories real, and she does. Mm-hmm. That, that's the best possible way to explain everything. Because yeah. she meets herself. 
as a, as an as an older uh, lady, um, you know, and is like, you know, that you have this real interesting, um, yes, interplay, and she wants to make all the stories real. Okay, and so part of Wonder Woman's job was that Wonder Woman went around with the Spectre, and was like looking for if there was like some type of problem with what she had done, and in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. They find out that there is no problem, except that they've created more hope than there's ever been in the DC universe ever before. Yeah, which is hilarious going into issue seventy five. So issue, so we're going to start. <laughs> we're going to start issue seventy five, which I'm which I'm of, looking of at Justice League of, of Justice League. Yes, which I'm looking at, and literally on the front cover says "Death of Justice League." <clears throat> uh, very reminiscent of Death of Superman. Yeah, um, is Death of Superman is that thirty years old this year? Um, is that 92? No, it is a year older than me, so it is 29. Okay. <clears throat> kind of weird, then, that we're... Maybe... Is this stuff ending in 2023, or... I don't know. Oh, it's like one of seven, so that probably, that probably wouldn't work either. I don't know. I'm just saying... Oh, you mean it's the story? Uh, be, like, right at, like, January of it. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, you know, there's a lot of callbacks here. Yeah. The death of Justice League, um, the, it just looks like death of Superman, which, mm-hmm. of course, is the biggest death in history. Yeah. Um, so it looks like they're trying to top that. So Death of the Justice League, issue 75, uh, they give away the spoiler at the beginning of right it. Right at the beginning, yeah. I love this comic, Jake. Um, so we're, we're, we're on Joshua Williamson's, uh, has taken over here. Mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bennis has spent s- about... 15, 16 issues. So, yeah, something like that. Yeah. His issues have been mainly about incorporating Black Adam and Naomi into the Justice League. That's and been a, And... His issues have basically been back incorporating Black Adam and Naomi <laughs> into the Justice League. Yeah, fair. Um, you know, Hippolyta even like just seemed like a stand-in even from the beginning. Um, and then you know, but anyway, I digress. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, Josh Williamson takes over for Death of the Justice League here, mm-hmm. sixty seventy-five. I don't think there's going to be in our Justice League for a bit. Probably not. Okay. Probably a little while. Um, so Death of the Justice League happens. Um, here's how this comic essentially goes. The Justice League are just hanging out. Mm-hmm. They're all just doing things. Doing okay? their thing. Um, and literally they all get teleported um, uh, to the... What is the ship called? What's the ship they're on? The... Um, it's the one where they're, you know, they're playing the perfect it's music. The, it's not the Orrery, is it? It is the Orrery. Is it? Or is that where they're... Is that where they're at? Fortunately, we have the comic right here. The House of Heroes. Yeah, the House of Heroes. Yep. Okay. But it's the House of Heroes is essentially a ship that flies around in the in the orrery and the bleed. And um, I wanted Jake to explain all those things. Um, the bleed is essentially the space between the worlds. Yep. And the orrery is like the road, I guess, essentially. Yeah. We've, and in we've order, got multiversity somewhere around here. That's and, another and, comic that And in this. order to uh, do all of that, to, to kind of like go around, you have to be able to play play the songs correctly because mm. it's all about playing the right tones. Um, that's a, that goes all the way back to multiversity. Yep. Um, but anyway, and Final Crisis, actually. But anyway, uh, and Final Crisis, yeah. Anyway, um, what essentially has happened is during Justice League Incarnate, which... You know, Jake, you read, I'll have you give us a short, uh, <laughs> you know. But basically, Justice League Incarnate happens. What is the outcome of Justice League Incarnate? So, the outcome of Justice League Incarnate is, um, one, we lose Flash. Um, we lose Barry Allen. We to, just lose uh, him. We just lose him. So we don't know where he's at. He is in Earth negative one. Yeah. Um, Which we didn't even know existed. We didn't. Uh, it's not the dark multiverse. No, it's a it's, negative It's verse. a negative verse, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, <laughs> Which is so great. It is great. Yeah. Um, so I, I did skip over really the key plot point of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is what leads into this. So in Crisis on Infinite Earths, back in 1985, there, we discovered that there was a character called the Anti-Monitor. Mm. Um, once again, I'm going to be as brief as I can on this, I promise. Because um, I know we are trying to keep these fairly short. Um, at least shorter for us, anyways. Um, so the Anti-Monitor is all about negative power, basically. and Antithesis of, of, of a being, basically. Right. Okay. Um, so... What we have come to discover in this is that 
in Crisis on Infinite Earths, when he would constantly take over planets and just destroy them, just with with this with antimatter, basically. Where did all those planets go? That's where we kind of pick up from Justice League Incarnate. That's when we find out that Pariah, the character who was forced to watch all these Earths be destroyed by the Anti-Monitor, um, is now living basically in the in the negative universe. I have never sounded more insane in my entire life, but that's basically the that's setup. That's literally what's is happening. That is what is happening is you have the truth of the negative universe where Pariah is, and he's gaining more and more power through antimatter, presumably. And then you have these, like... Basically, the best way I can describe it is, like, these almost two perfect universes where everything that this hero has ever wanted is happening. So, basically, it's the plant from for the man who has everything, um, only it's a whole universe. So, what we see in Justice League Incarnate because they're, everyone's trying to find Barry Allen. They have no idea where, where he ended up. They have no idea what happens at the end of Infinite Frontier, um, which is another Joshua Williamson book. Everything's been kind of leading up to this. Um, but Barry Allen has been trapped in, like I said, Earth Negative 1, where everything is perfect. His mother never died. Um, his father is not in prison. He has... Um, he's with, he's with um, uh, Iris. They have children. Um, Wally and Linda, I think is his wife's name. Yes, yes. Wally and Linda have their children. Everyone is there. Everyone's happy. Everything's perfect. The problem is, is that while he's there, presumably, um, that's how Pariah is gaining power, is he's... He's leaking power off the Leaking power off the speed force, pretty much. Okay. And that's what happens at the end of Dust League Incarnate, is we find out that's happening. Pariah... What does Pariah do, Josh, when they when the Dust League runs into him? Well, so well, no, I've got I've, I've got I've got to explain this first, okay? Because like, because essentially all that happens, and then finally, Calvin, um, is it Calvin Ellis? Ellis, Calvin Ellis, President Superman. Yes. Um, uh, Superman Earth Nine, Earth uh, twenty three, twenty three. Um, he's uh, he finally calls all the Earth the Zero Dust League in, and is like, we have to deal with this mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and so they go to deal with it, and um, Pariah has essentially turned a bunch of villains into uh, dark, like even darker versions of themselves. Um, but they're basically like taken over by their by their even more dark impulses. Mm. So like they're just like really stupid versions of themselves too, yeah. which is crazy because one of them's Doomsday, who's already a really stupid version of himself. Um, but because of that, they're weaker. They are well, they're weaker, and so like so they are. There's you know there's a big fight that happens. Um, and essentially Pariah has a machine because if there's one thing Pariah is going to have, it's going to be a machine. Of course. You know, and Pariah has a machine and this machine is going to do horrible, horrible things. Mm. Um, and like basically Batman's like, it'll, if it turns on, it's going to destroy the world, blah, blah, blah. And so Green Arrow, who wasn't even supposed to be here. Yeah. I got to bring this up because I got to take shots at CW Arrow. Okay. Because Mm. anytime Green Arrow shows up. In anything, yeah, I just get really sad that there are people whose only experience with Oliver Queen is the stupid CW show, hmm. and the Green Arrow in this is amazing. For the record, nothing against Stephen Amell; he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, but well, Stephen Amell's fine. Okay, but like, but like, this is this is her. I mean, you know, it like this 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 Green Arrow literally in the middle of a battle shoots an arrow, blows up the machine, says, "Yeah, save the day. Let's go, all go home. I'll make Killy." It's the best line, of course. Of course, then immediately after that, Doomsday shows up behind him and just smashes him into the ground. Now, this is all important, okay, because the last three things we see, okay, in Justice League 75, which, by the way, we are now at 28 minutes. We haven't even got to the comic book we're supposed to be talking about, (laughs) okay? But, like, the last three things we see in Justice League 75 are this, okay? Pariah and Black Adam square off. Mm-hmm. In a in something that was predestined before all mankind to make Josh angry, Black Adam <laughs> punches Pariah in the face, and Pariah just looks at him because Black Adam's just not strong enough to deal with Pariah, you know. And so Black Adam realizes that the one thing he can do is he calls down Shazam, uh, the power of Shazam, and it blows him and Pariah into separate universes, and Black Adam ends up getting thrown back into Earth Zero. Okay, so last things we the last thing that we see. Okay, is 
the disintegrated bodies of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, Black Canary holding Oliver Queen, um, which was really a, a great moment, you mm-hmm. know, like Black Canary going wide. Because Oliver wasn't getting um, teleported. Black Canary was. Um, and Oliver just kind of held on to Black Canary and got teleported. And she says, why did you follow? And he says, I'll always follow you, little bird, uh, pretty bird. And, it, you know, just fantastic um, moment there. And then we see Black Adam saying Justice League is dead. Okay, those are the last three things we see. That is what leads us into Dark Crisis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in Dark Crisis, what we're dealing with is this concept. And the first issue is genius, in my opinion, because of the concept here is, well, what are we going to do now? We don't have a Justice League. <coughs> and, um, you know, we've still got some pretty heavy hitters here. We do. Um, you've still got Wally, who's running around. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all forgiven Wally. Um, for his we've, genocidal actions. We've forgotten that that happened, yes. Yeah, uh, we've all forgiven Wally. Uh, poor Wally. Wally really did go through it. Um, we'll, we'll, co- we'll cover all that later. Yeah. Um, I guess Heroes in Crisis was a crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah. crazy. The, well, it definitely was. I mean, it, it, yeah, cause it's it called changed. a crisis, yeah. and it changes things. Um, then you've got uh, Hal comes back uh, to Earth, and mm-hmm. which is hilarious. He's like, I leave Earth and I come back, and the Cobra organizations, <laughs> which is just great. The Cobra cult, you know, which is that's another thing. So Joshua Williamson is really pulling from, um, pulling from. Well, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like the Cobra cult is definitely an A-list villain. <laughs> no, but, they are not. But no, like, I, I, I didn't he's really that. he's really <laughs> pulling from from the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, which is something that they bring up. It's like, you know, none of the heavy hitter guys are attacking. Mm-hmm. You know, like Joker's not attacking. Joker Luther's not attacking. Um, you know, none of the heavy hitter, you know, eat really super evil uh, people that you'd be deal- you think you'd be dealing with are attacking. It's, it's these little D-level, and as... Um, uh, as is pointed out uh, later on, these more like apocalyptic cults that are viewing this as an end of the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really interesting because that's very, you know, like in a sense, I don't want to be too meta, but that's very similar to what, you know, like it's like Joshua Williamson looking around and being like, I'm just going to write about things I see, you know, <laughs> um, because you know, you're, we're dealing with a point now where there is like a, you know, I'm not going to say a dark crisis or anything like that, but people are in this more apocalyptic mindset, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one of my favorite memes, you know, or TikToks is the, why are you working so hard? It's the apocalypse. The world is in Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, you know, what, what do you think about the setting so far as, as like, because uh, this is a different, you know, all the settings of the crisis have been apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this one is, is that the setting, the apocalypse already happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in, in a lot of ways... You can really look at each crisis, uh, the, the the four main ones, in my opinion, um, with the exception of maybe Final Crisis because Grant Morrison was above everyone else, in my opinion, but uh, men- mentally and mm-hmm. with his with their writing style at that time. Um, but with Crisis on Infinite Earths and Infinite Crisis, you can really see them in a lot of ways as a direct response to the fear and everything that's going on in, in the world at that time, in a lot of ways. Um with this, I think you absolutely nailed it, because I think that's what Williamson is trying to do in this in this first part, where it's we are about to have a, a crisis level event, we are about to have one of the worst level events that we could possibly have, but our primary heroes are gone. Whereas in the past, the crisis has always been, you know, we lose a few here and there early on, you know, to kind of set the stakes. But if the stakes have already been set at the beginning, even at the prelude. Well, of this, that's the thing, you know, though, because like we don't know what the crisis is. The dark crisis already happened, right? Mm. I'm just saying, like you know, the the what Pariah literally is wanting to do is want to cover everything in darkness again. Yes. Okay, because he wants to reset all of it. All of it. Okay? Yes. So like that's the dark part of that, mm. which is the death of Justice League. That's already happened, right? Technically, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, what's going on, Jake? Who knows? That's kind of the that's kind of the thing is that it's more so it's more so about the fallout of what's going to happen next and presumably they will have to deal with Pariah eventually like there's no there's no way around that yeah. but what's really going on is is we are looking at this idea of this world without our primary heroes 
and how do we go on without them? Um, and of course, that leads into two of my favorite comic book characters in modern comics right now, kind of being the focal points of of this story with John Kent, um, Superman, and uh, Nightwing. Just because I, everyone knows I love Nightwing, um, kind of being the stars of this book. Um, I will readily admit, when John Kent was introduced to Superboy, could not stand him. I don't know if you remember this or not. Uh, was not a big John Kent fan, um, particularly because like the first main story that we see him in, he is literally frying a cat with his heat vision. Yeah, he doesn't mean to. He doesn't I mean, mean like, to. Yeah, but it's like it. So, no, I, I never had an issue with how he was written, and I thought he, I thought he was interesting. Um, he was an interesting foil for Damien. Fair, yeah. Um, because he's he's kind of wide-eyed and, you know, innocent, mm. which is what kind of makes him dangerous because he doesn't really know his own power. Mm. Whereas Damien is, you know, um, psycho, you know, I guess in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, there is a, um, I, I agree with you. I think Jonathan, you know, is, is kind of the focal point here. But... There's a there's an interesting you know no here, here's the interesting thing about Jonathan and like and I do wonder part of this series um, if it's going to work okay it seems like the if and if I'm just going by the promotional material mm. is this series is, is is attempting to sell us on three characters so far that have not really found their footing um, that they've tried to sell us on one being Superman, uh, I, I would say I would say Super, Jonathan Kent is probably the one that's finding his footing the most. Mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, the book is always in the top ten on comicsology and everything, mm -hmm. um, so it's it's been a success. Um, I am Batman um, has been kind of up and down mm -hmm. uh, with with Jace as Batman, and then we literally just saw m my favorite of the three was the Wonder Woman, uh, Yara Floor uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, we just saw that get canceled randomly. Yeah, uh, which I thought was weird. So you've got you've got three characters that they told us like these are going to be really important, um, and you know they they've, they've struggled to find their footing. And then of course this comic, Jonathan struggling. No one's taking Jonathan seriously. Jonathan's yeah. like, I'm going to start a new Justice League. He's like, that's what Dad want. And then like Hal's like, you trust Black Adam to tell you that um, the Justice League is dead? How many times that guy tried to kill us? Uh, which you know, fair. But fair. Hal Jordan's been been off. off he hasn't seen Black yeah, Adam he, recently. He's been yeah. off planet. You know, apparently, like literally talking to God and stuff like that because because yeah. that's what Grant Morrison does. Um, and then you know, Wally, you know, of course, is like just wants to investigate, um, like Barry Allen would do, and wants to find Barry Allen. Mm. Um, which I'm pre presumably, you know, some of the offshoots we're getting are the Flash comic is dealing with probably finding Barry Allen. Um, and we're also getting Young Justice, which is one of the interesting things on here. Um, Robin doesn't join the Justice League. In fact, Jake, that's where I want to bring us next. Uh, go find the Justice League in there. And let's let's talk about the Justice League that poor Jonathan has to put ends up putting together here. I thought Robin joined him. Robin says, I would join you, but my father's not dead. Hang on. Hang on. I could have sworn he was there. Yeah, he's there. Because oh. he said he's because it's it's because it's more. Uh, he says, "I support you, but John, my father is not." Oh, okay. It's, All right. it's he'll be there. He he's okay. there. Okay. But uh, but let's shall, shall we start from 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 the top? Shall well, we start there? Start there. Okay. That is Doctor Light two. Yeah, isn't it? I think so. Um, like, I think so. I, here's the thing. I don't even know where she's from. I don't. Do you? I've I don't remember her off the top of my head. Um, I, I she looks familiar. Uh, but but yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. She's she's the one I know the least about. Yeah. In, in on on this page, um, she's got the she's got the doctor light suit on. She does. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know too much about her. Okay. She is Kamiyo Kamiyo Hoshi. Okay. She is um, When was she introduced? Her first appearance is Christ on Infinite Earth 4. That's amazing. 
Crazy. It's all it all it's all connected. It's all everybody. connected. All right. So anyway, she was the one I, I knew the least about. Uh, that's why I pointed to you because it seems like the type of D level character you'd just be like, yeah. I'm gonna know all the it's things. One about. I'm off on. I but anyway, uh, so she joins. Um, you know, Supergirl joins. Mm-hmm. Um, Supergirl canonically is more powerful than Superman. Yes. In, in this in this uh, universe, mm-hmm. um, you've got Blue Beetle, and you've got Blue Beetle. Yeah, you got so you've bo- got both Jaime Reyes and and Ted Cord. Mm-hmm. You've got Killer Frost. You've got Harley Quinn. You have um, what? What's Kyle going by now? What's Kyle going by? Is he Aqualad or is he Aquaman now? Um, he's Aquaman. I okay, think. cool. I like the fact that Blackout just calls him the Fish. The Fish that makes yes. me happy. Um, you've also got randomly somehow they got Frankenstein in here. Agent of Shade, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you've got Booster Gold, of course, and uh, and then of course Ted Cord and and Harley uh, Quinn. Um, so like, so here's here's the thing, okay? You know me, and you know one of the things I've been clamoring for mm-hmm. for a long time. One of my favorite Justice League runs of all time uh, is the '80s Justice League, uh, Justice League of America run, uh, which is based on Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. You know, um, say it, Guy Gardner, Guy Gardner. You know. <laughs> Um, sometimes Batman, Obsidian, sometimes Aquaman, you know, uh, Fire and Ice, you know, um, sometimes Marsh Manhunter, you mm-hmm. know, so different people. But anyway, one of the big things about that is like they never had the heavy hitters in, mm-hmm. on that series. That series had nothing to do with heavy hitters. Um, so I've been clamoring for a while, ever since Grant Morrison took over Justice League, we've basically had a Justice League that's been built around Superman, Batman, One Woman, mm-hmm. and then you know just like getting the most powerful people on one team. I personally think Justice League is way more interesting when it's a group of people um, that are not as powerful and then how are they going to stand up to these uh, to these issues? How are they going to deal with stuff? Mm. To me, I find that more interesting. Um, so like, this new Justice League shows up uh, and uh, Jonathan is like really proud of it. Um, people turn him down. Mm-hmm. Jace turns him down. Uh, Yara turns him down. Um, you know, um, he introduces this Justice League to Black Adam, and what does Black Adam essentially do? So, first off, he gives a very uh, like disgruntled look of like, why is this even happening? Right. Um, and then he basically goes through and is and is like, this one will stab you in the back, which is Killer Frost. This one is. Uh, crazy and we'll stab you in the back and with his Harley Quinn. Quinn. Um, which in fairness, she agrees. Which, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's great. Um, my my personal favorite is The Fish is a Maybe. Uh, my personal favorite about... is Do We Really Need Two Blue Beetles? <laughs> that's my personal favorite. You know, because the thing is, is like, it, here's, here's what's interesting about what Black Adam is essentially doing here. Okay? Um, and like, one of the things that I feel like there's a missed opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the reasons Williamson doesn't want to do it is because of how much flack Tom Taylor has taken for his portrayal of Jonathan Kent. But if there is a more anti, shall we say, I don't want to use the word woke, but like, can you imagine Jonathan Kent being like, hey, Adam, take this sign and let's go protest climate change. Can you imagine like what that would, what, what that would be like? Like Black Adam would just be like, why are we not just going to kill all the scientists, you know, and put good people in there? You're you're telling me there are people that deny climate. Let's just kill them, and then like, we'll just that will solve the problem. Why are we carrying sides, you know? And I think that to me, as I'm reading this, is the funny thing about this because there are no two heroes, and Black Adam's a hero now. There are no two heroes that are more diametrically opposed than Jonathan Kent and Black Adam. Um, and so I think that to me is is I hope I hope they I hope they keep going with that because that's a fun dynamic, okay? <laughs> but Jake, in a moment that probably made you gasp out loud, what is Black Adam's last words? What's the last thing he says before? So, Black Adam's last words is that you and I both know who needs to lead this team. Who needs to lead this team? And then, Did you not know immediately who he meant? So, so what, what's crazy is, so Josh read this before I did. Um, I'm sure we didn't introduce each other 
at the start of this. We it's our first episode. We said we'll, brothers with we'll issues. Yeah, exactly. It's it's got it's got to be Josh and Jacob. Yeah. You know. Anyways, so Josh read this before I did, um, and he asked me who I thought Black Adam would say needs to lead the team, and for some reason I forgot every bit of promotional material. I forgot everything that Williamson had said on Twitter and everything else. Um, but once you get, once Black Adam says that, it immediately cuts to, um, Dick Grayson as Nightwing, leading a team of younger, younger Teen Titans, kind of this new generation that's coming up, um, and giving them, like, he's doing, like, a speech about, you know, fighting together as a team and, you know, doing, doing Dick Grayson stuff. He's gonna stuff. make them do trapeze. Um, he is making them do trapeze, yes. That's hilarious It, it is fantastic. Um, but that's, but that's Dick Grayson. That's, that's what he does, you know? Um, but he's doing that Titans Tower, and yeah, I mean Nightwing is going to be the leader of the Justice League. That's, I mean that's, that's been set up since, I mean really since I would say, like Final Crisis. Like they've been kind of pushing towards that for the last like twelve years, basically. So, I'm gonna make a prediction. Mm. Nightwing is about to get his butt handed to him by Deathstroke. And he's yeah, about to get hurt too. very, very badly. I don't think they're going to kill him. Um, because at this point, if they killed him, I would just laugh out loud. Because mm. we've been trying to kill Nightwing for years. <laughs> I mean, okay? for, forever you've already tried it. Yes. Um, so I don't think they're going to kill him. But I think he's going to get hurt very, very badly. So I'm not totally sure if he's going to lead a new Justice League. Okay? The point of that to me is two things. One... You're, I don't know, one is, Jonathan Kent, you're not ready to do this, mm-hmm. okay? But two, you need someone that the entire world trusts, and that's who Nightwing is. Yeah. Um, but that's also why what happens next, which is essentially Deathstroke showing up and being like, I have gotten every single D-list villain that I know of. Mm-hmm. All of them. Every single one. Like, every one of them, yep. okay? We, we got, you there's know. a lot there. <laughs> you know? And I've got all of them, and we're just going to attack Titans, uh, Titans Tower. Which, by the way, hilarious! Titans Tower has now been blown up and rebuilt and blown up again in the span of three months. Yeah, because Which, I, I didn't read Academy, but I know like whatever happened, a lot right happens. Stuff is like they it blows up, then they rebuild it, and now they've blown it up again. Mm-hmm. Which, in <laughs> fairness, that's the first thing Beast Boy says actually. Well, yeah. Um, well, but. Uh, Really quick on with Deathstroke. So Deathstroke's in a weird place. You might wonder because you're like Deathstroke just straight up capped Beast Boy uh, in the head, yeah. randomly. Um, I hated that. Um, not just not just because I wanted to lose Beast Boy, um, or didn't didn't, didn't want to lose Beast Boy, um, but because that's a character that has a a huge following, mm-hmm. it has a huge history to it, and we just basically killed him in a panel. Now, so some spoiler alerts if you haven't read Shadow War, which I know you haven't. When they kill Ra's al Ghul in Shadow War, it is a two-panel spread, okay? And it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, here, it's just kind of, bam, and we're going to move on. And I do not think Beast Boy needs to go out that way. Um, the other thing, though, is that Deathstroke, if you haven't read Shadow War, you don't understand why Deathstroke is where he's at. So Deathstroke had his own comic for a bit. Dr. Williamson wrote it called Deathstroke, Inc. The point of Deathstroke, Inc., as I understand, is that Deathstroke was trying to do do the mercenary thing right. It's almost Batman Inc. only if Deathstroke was running it. Mm. Okay? So they're trying to be a little more careful on what they take. Stuff like that. Okay? Um, in Shadow War, basically what happens is this guy shows up in the old Deathstroke costume, like the 80s costume, mm. and shoots Ra's al Ghul when Ra's al Ghul is getting ready to turn himself in and is going to share the secrets of the world with the DEO, which is, as you know, is like the FBI and... Uh, For multiverse, DC. basically. Yeah. yeah. He's going to share the secrets <laughs> of the world with him. He shows up, he gets shot. Um, Talia loses it, um, and is like, well, it's Deathstroke, we've got to take out Deathstroke, Inc. She attacks Deathstroke, Inc., and Batman gets caught in the middle of all this. And it's just, it's shenanigans, and it's wacky time This again. sounds fantastic. Okay. I, it's, it's, I, it's, I can't wait to read this. It's a great storyline. <laughs> Here's the problem, though, okay? One of the things that happens in Deathstroke, Inc., and in Robin, is you find out that Deathstroke has another son because Deathstroke gets around, and his name is Respawn. This mm. is the third son. He's the third, okay? yeah. Now, what's amazing about Respawn, you, do you know who... This is great. I, I love the fact I get to explain this to you. I'm so excited. Respawn 
is the is to uh, to Deathstroke what Damien is to Batman in exactly the same way. As in Deathstroke and Talia? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, only, I mean, you know, mm. cloned, you know, but still, you know, or genetically um, made. Oh, well, not okay. cloned, but like gotcha. genetically made. And uh, and Respawn is the, you know, yeah. And so Deathstroke is like, hey, I've got another shot to do the right thing. Because every time I have a kid, they all die. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, in Shadow War, Respawn dies. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, Deathstroke loses it, okay, and decides he's going to go and kill Talia. Talia actually gets the upper hand on him, kills Deathstroke, all right? Deathstroke's people take Deathstroke to the Lazarus Pit, which you learn at this point, uh, Rosalgo is like, they're go something is wrong with the Lazarus Pits. Um, they're starting to have, you know, because... The, Boy, this is and and and, 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 the, and the Robin series, you find out that they're fueled by demonic, um, by actual demonic influence. Oh, That's why they're called the Demon's Head and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I mean like there's like an actual like lore oh. to it. Oh, okay, like, gotcha. a, like a theological lore to it. Gotcha. Okay? And so you find that out. Oh, it's great. Okay. <laughs> and so like so like then, but so like that's what Robin finds out in in all his stuff okay. in his in his uh, comic. And so Deathstroke really comes out of the Lazarus Pit and says. Oh, we're gonna kill them all! So literally, he shows up at with all the D-list villains, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm gonna kill them all." And that's where our uh, Dark Crisis one ends is with him showing up to just destroy everybody, except for one more thing, Jake. And then Pariah shows up, and it's wacky time again. Um, Jake, what is Pariah doing? He is. He's discussing. What is he discuss? I was so focused on the armor. Yeah, I know. Um, because one, he has he has um, he has anti monitor armor on. Right. Um, which is weird in itself. He's got the. I um, guess it's, I guess it's anti monitor's literal armor. I guess I he took think it. So. Um, which I don't think it would fit him. But then you know whatever. You know. Um, but he says the hope is the greatest force in the multiverse. Um, which is which I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's based off of Wonder Woman. Based off of Wonder Woman, and he says that they will turn it into a weapon. Once the skies turn reds, we will be brought to Earth Zero. Which skies turning red is a classic crisis thing. If the sky if the skies are red in the DC universe, something's going down, and we're we're gonna have some trouble. Um, and he says, "I will use the deaths of the Justice League to destroy the multiverse." And then we see this shot where basically it looks like he has kind of trapped all the Justice League into what appears to be like mini phantom zones from the look of it. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the look of what I'm getting. Um, but it looks like he is also using that to power his armor itself. Um, so I, I don't know. It's going to be so, going to be kind of wild. And then, and then, the, then we get a checklist. Then we get a checklist. And so like what's interesting is so this is Dark Crisis 1. Um, when we my plan is to do this every time Dark Crisis, the next one the comes out. The main book comes out. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that way we can... So the next one we'll be t- discussing Dark Crisis 2 and Young Justice 1 and Flash 783. Um, what's interesting about this, though, okay, is that you have all these little Dark Crisis worlds without a Justice League, and then there'll be like Superman 1, Green Lantern 1, Wonder Woman 1, Green Arrow 1, and then Batman 1. Um, here's, here's where I hope... Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to put it down on on the podcast right now. This is what I hope we're going to get. Okay. I want to see a storyline where all of the B and C list DC heroes get the ability to show off. Because these are characters that people that read comics love. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you turn it over here, you know, like, you've got, like, Something like you know, let, let's 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 finally give Garf, you know, his his due here. Let's give Starfire her due. Uh, Beast Boy is already dead. Um, there's Connor Kent, uh, you know, um, Connor Kent's there, you know, and he's got the leather jacket again. He does. Um, I'm so excited about that. So excited for that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, Red Hood. I mean, let's give these guys, you know, their ability to actually influence a crisis. Okay, that's what I'm hoping will happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, I will write Joshua Williamson a letter if this ends up being Justice League versus Dark Justice League. If his concept is, 
I'm going to make them all into the evil Justice League, blah, 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 and we have to do this, that again, I'm not going to be down for it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do that storyline again, okay? I don't know how many times we have to do evil Superman. Like, seriously, how many times do we have to do it? And if that is where the storyline is going, um, this, in my opinion, will be a failed, I don't care how well it's written, it'll be a, it'll be a failed opportunity. Because you do have an opportunity here to really put these guys front and center. Um, and the last comic to do something like this was Forever Evil, and it worked brilliantly in Forever Evil. Mm. Um, so that's where I'm hoping we go. What about you? What do you think? Uh, where do you think we're going? Well, first and foremost, um, because we haven't really talked about this, um, but Williamson and, Sam- and Daniel Samper, who is on art, are killing this thing. Williamson like, this is, is Williamson's the most underrated comic book writer. Out right yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. Um, like I said, after, after Shadow War, uh, Justice Incarnate, Fan, Infinite Frontier is good. This is, this was great. Yeah. Um, everything he's written recently has been fantastic. Yeah. He's, it's it's almost like, like after Snyder left DC to do all of his, you know, creator own books and everything, it's almost like they were kind of like... James Tynion, what about you? Do you want to take over? And then he was like, I got Batman. And then he was like, actually, I'm going to do the same thing Scott Snyder just did, and I'm going to go start doing a lot of my own creator-owned stuff. And so then they're like, crap, okay, well, Dr. Williamson, and he's like, I was waiting for you to ask. Because, see, I didn't even know about, I, I, I am behind on Robin, and I'm behind on Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know that all the stuff about the Lazarus Pits and everything was leading up to this. Um... So yeah, Deathstroke coming out of nowhere and doing his thing was kind of, I don't want to say random to me, because I was like, oh yeah, no, it's Deathstroke, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, but all the same, knowing that he has kind of been leading everything up to this makes me feel makes me feel like this is bigger than just, bigger than another Dark Justice League storyline, um, personally. I think it's going to be closer to like what you said, where it is more of this idea of where we are. We are. My hope is that we don't see the Justice League again until the seventh issue. Mm-hmm. Like that. That is my hope. I hope that the next five. I hope that. I hope that until December, we do not know what's really going on with the Justice League as a whole. Like I hope that they're what like their their how their deaths are going to destroy the multiverse once and for all or whatever Pariah says at the end there. I hope that that is like the finale. Okay. I hope that everything leading up to it is how do we live in a world without the Justice League? Mm-hmm. That is what I want the story to be. That's what I think they're setting up the story to be. Um, and so and so you're right. Like even I will enjoy the story most likely no matter what just because. I know Williamson as a writer. I and and what he is doing, what Daniel Semper is doing on art, it is Semper, right? Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't screw that up. Okay, uh, what Daniel Semper is doing on art is fantastic. But you, you're not wrong. If if they are doing the same story again, if we have to get because you know we've had we had Forever Evil, which is not Superman, but it is Ultraman, so it's Crime Syndicate, so it's Earth Three version, basically. Then we had Injustice, and then we had um, the Snyderverse, and then we had, and yes, I'm counting that as Dark Superman, uh, and then we had, um, oh, Suicide Squad versus the Justice League, the video game that's coming out, is all about the Dark Justice League. Um, in my opinion, the one person that did it to where it was actually different, and nothing against the guys who were, like, nothing against Forever Evil, nothing against Injustice, love you Tom Taylor, um, but the guy who did it the most interestingly was Scott Snyder in Justice League, I think it's 20 to 24, where we're dealing with the Justice League of the Sixth Dimension. You know what, you remember what I'm talking I about? Remember, yeah. remember this? Mm-hmm. Um, that to me was the most interesting one because it was something that was different. It was a very different take on a dark Justice League. It was very different. I'm hope, like, like you said, I'm hoping we don't get that again. Um, I'll be a bit more optimistic. Um, I don't plan on writing Doctor Williamson angry letters if he, if he does do that. But uh, you know, I'm gonna tell you one more one more thing that I hope I'm wrong about. Hmm. Um, I want this to ultimately be a Nightwing story. That hmm. would be amazing. And like for me, to me, the the best possible scenario to end this 
Um, and I don't know if DC has the guts to pull this off. But the best possible scenario for, for this to end is for Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman being like, yeah, we're going to retire from the Justice League, and it's Nightwings now. That would be the best mm. possible ending for Ooh. me. Um, because that leads to, once again, whole new stories you can write true. there. You know, you know, um, and you're doing it and you're doing it in a way that isn't, in my opinion, if you do that, you're doing that in a way that's not, um, it's not, uh, headline grabbing. Right. Like it's and not, it's not for the clicks, that, you know. You're also doing it in a way that kind of makes sense now because literally with every single one of those characters right now, we're looking at them going into middle age for whatever that would be. Yeah. You know, with Wonder Woman, you know, um, you know, like, once again, spoiler alert, although they did, you know, Nubia Queen one shot, <laughs> but like Wonder Woman is not the head of the Amazons right no. now. Um, you know, Superman, um, as of this point, you know, is not even on Earth uh, and in the, in the storyline of the action yeah. comics. Um, and he has a son who's re- more than ready to take over for him. Mm-hmm. And of course, Batman at this point, you know, has and it has a family has cultivated an entire group of X Men like mm-hmm. uh, superheroes around him. Yeah, that's true. So like, there is a sense of like, you know, having them step back or something wouldn't make sense to me. Um, and being like, you know, yeah, I think I think these guys are ready to finally take it over. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love that to be the end of this story. I don't know if I don't know if. DC's got the guts to pull that off, but we'll see. The only one that I don't think they would do that with, because it's the only one I don't think they're really setting up as much as the other two, I don't think they're doing that with Wonder Woman. And and even if they do, it's not going to be in the same way as Batman and Superman retiring. Because I think... I mean, we didn't we haven't read Trial of the Amazons. That, but Trial of the Amazons puts, once again... I mean, here's the thing. Cassie's on there. That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Cassie's I mean, out there. Donna. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of Amazon. I mean, all, all all of these, all three of those characters, there are a bunch of people that they have mentored. That's true. That are under them. That is true. You know, with, with so, so actually the one that makes any sense, Superman, because it's just Jonathan and Connor. Yeah. Is there another one? That, unless you want to count Supergirl, but at this point, Supergirl's. Or the entirety of the DC universe as a whole. Cute, okay, Just but saying, you know what I mean. You know, I mean. All right, you know. yes, okay, well, well, fine. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where Nightwing got that name. It's I crazy. Hate you. I hate you so I'm, I'm the same. All right, you know. And so, and, and that's that's a good place to end this ending because, <laughs> you know, what we're gonna start doing is we're gonna end these. Uh, we said we're gonna try to do 45 minutes. It's an hour and two we're, minutes, but you know, but but here's here's what I'm gonna say. Um, you know, we're going to try and end these right at the moment where I want to kill Jake for being stupid. Okay? Perfect. All right. And so this is the perfect <laughs> place to end it. Um, but no, uh, moving forward, we do have Dark Crisis, but Jake, we also got an event happening at Marvel Judgment Day. I completely forgot about it, but yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> so uh, we'll be trying to do uh, little um, little segments on that as well. Um, you know, I have High Hopes for Judgment Day as well. Um, Kieran Gillen. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic writer. What is the one reason you're excited for Judgment Day? Uh, I want to kill the Eternals so mm. bad. And I, I think the X-Men are the perfect people to do it. Mm. Uh, apparently the whole point of Judgment Day is that the Eternals have decided that the X-Men are deviants. deviants. And I just feel like all the mutants are going to be like, I don't think so, Scooter. And uh, and I'm, I'm just ready, you know. Let, let's do it. Let, let's, 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 get, let's, get, let's get rid of them. Let's, let's finally... So, let's finally... Let's finally take. Let, let's do what Jack Kirby did not have the guts to do years ago when he mm. created these universe-destroying characters. Okay, so let's finally let, let's get rid of them. Let's do it. Mm. There, I'm, I'm ready for there, it. There's your intro, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We'll see you on July 20th. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, so so that's that's what you have to look forward to on that. Uh, like I said, you're right. That is a, that's about a month away, I think. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. But so we'll we'll be uh, keeping up Dark Crisis and with Judgment Day, uh, Jake. Anything else you want to say? Um, go read some more comics and be nice to people. Yeah, read comics and be nice to people. That's a good thing. Um, also, if if you do have suggestions uh, on uh, comics you would like to hear us talk about or whatever, um, we get a lot of stuff. A like, lot. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so there might be some times where we go back and, and discuss some stuff, uh, do little special things on, I, I, I think we need to discuss like Kelly Thompson's Black Widow at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely. 
Um, but uh, Eisner by, award-winning Kelly Thompson. Eisner Black award-winning Widow. Kelly Thompson Black Widow. Um, but yeah, so definitely uh, keep 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 your eyes on the space. Uh, keep your eyes on fandom correspondence. Uh, we do do things earned Star Wars. We do. Um, we've got <laughs> doesn't seem like that over the last month, but we, we do. But we do also. We've got some uh, um, some great uh, streams uh, coming up uh, all the time. We've got like Jake's karaoke stream where you can watch him like play an impossible video game like Bloodborne and try to sing like Papa Was a Rolling Stone <laughs> or randomly Phoebe Bridgers. That was hilarious. Um, so definitely check it was, those a, it out. was a mistake. <laughs> uh, Al said he's going to start streaming too. I think he's going to try to do Pokemon Black Two, maybe. Maybe I think I know. I know his is going to be so. Basically Monday through Friday, uh, you will you will be able to see a fandom correspondent on stream. Yeah. Or Monday through Thursday. Excuse I'd me. I'd like to get in on a stream at some at some point too and uh, talk about Guilty Gear Strive uh, sometimes. Oh but, hell yeah! But we'll we'll see what happens there. But anyway, uh, yeah, just keep your keep your eyes on the space and uh, always keep watching. We've we've always got some stuff uh, down the line. Um, we're always thinking of uh, new stuff and new podcasts. Uh, always fun times for all parties involved. Of course. And as always. We always say, Phantom is for everyone, um, except the Eternals. And, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I guess Phantom is for the Eternals, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Phantom is for everyone. And uh, y'all stay safe and try to stay cool out there. <laughs>